Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. Welcome to season three. As always, I am your host, Tyler. Uh, you know, I have no witty witty statement. I have no interesting fact. I am I'm your burnt out co-host, Hill. RWD is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream politely into the void. Oh, my God. I don't think I have the energy to scream. I don't have the sorrow of a thousand souls in my body. Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. I'll talk about Twitter in a moment here, but I do want to, I don't have anything written for this particular part, but I was thinking about it just before coming to my desk here. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, we're still remote. You're, you're not, you're not here. Yep, not here. Um, When we, when we ended the season back in June. Sounds about right. I thought like, oh, you know, we'll come back. Things will have changed. Uh, you did think things might have things might have be different in some way. Um, they're not uh, at no. all. They're no. still we're still dealing with horrible racial tension, violence, a pandemic, uh, economic disparity, and all those things. So uh, yes, the same. yes, social unrest, political mayhem, a pandemic. Yeah, everything's exactly the same. If not, if not, if not, honestly, worse. If not worse, that's or true. crazier. It's a little crazier um, because people now just go out. Yeah, I, everyone's gotten. Um, I, some, I saw some term for it. I don't know what you call it, but essentially quarantine fatigue. Yeah, it's you, like you, you yeah, just yeah. you've grown so tired of looking at the same fucking four walls that you're like, okay, well, fuck it. If I die, I die. You know. My favorite tweet I saw was, "I can't believe that the pandemic's still going on, considering we tried everything, including ignoring it and hoping it'll go away." Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. That's honestly. It. At this point, a part of me, like a very horrible, dark part of me, like I know what like, you're gonna say. I wish we had just said, "Fuck it, whatever happens, fuck it, let's do this," and just lived life normal. Let everybody go. Yeah, just just go. Everyone so, do whatever you want, and if you die, you die. Fuck I have whatever. those thoughts sometimes, and the only and the major factor there is obviously bad. Um, but the, the second thing to consider is sure. It's like, okay, just let people get sick and die, but you don't just lose sick people, right? That was the whole thing in flattening the curve mm-hmm. is those sick people take up hospital beds. So then when Jimmy get falls off his bike and hits his head, he dies instead of being able to go to the hospital. So yes. like that strategy kills a lot more people than just, yes. I'm going to go out to the store to die because I'm tired of the dictator government. <laughs> keeping. I, my dad. I, I, I just, I can't, I can't even. Like you and I, and we'll, we'll t- we're actually planning on talking this at some point, but just for a little brief snippet, you and I have made many fictional worlds. I don't think in my imagination there's enough stupidity and hatred to make a world like the one we live in. I gotta tell you, it it it's really hard to make. Um, you know, we restarted our campaign because I texted you guys. I'm like, I'm really not, I'm really not feeling it. And a big part of that was I was trying to make a very morose um defeated kind of world and it's so much harder to do yeah than create like a fun lively world yeah so whatever D game that we are in currently whatever simulation this is mm-hmm. that that dm's an asshole and enjoys this shit it's taking a turn for the worst uh, um yeah. but i wanted to uh we have we have plenty to talk about we're gonna talk about current events today um starting i'm just gonna because... start with uh, because, what, what, just, because of what? Because what I was going to say, we're going to start with current events because despite everything that's going on in the world, oh, yeah. the offices of Wizards of the Coast are open. They're they available. are plugging away. They are. They are sending out revisions. 
they're planning new books they're talking about new hiring events, people hiring stuff. people yeah so a lot's going on at wotzi there was a lot uh, i'm gonna start with twitter because there was a lot that happened in our time away if you follow any of the D mm -hmm. or ttrpg hashtags on the twitter personally i fucking hate twitter like i really do like i go on it every day just because to check what's happening you know maybe tweet or retweet something for the show i fucking hate it every moment of it it's the worst um but the 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 I think around the time we stopped, there was a there was a gentleman who left Wizards of the Coast. Um, uh, uh, I forget I forget what his name was, but he left because essentially he was a creator, a non-white creator, a black guy who was just his voice was silenced all the time. Nobody respected what he worked on, and there was a lot of discussion around you know race and D and D and boycotting D and D, and just because of the world we live in that conversation just stopped because other things kept happening. Like, okay, representation in D&D, &D, blah, 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 in D&D. &D. And now here we are in the end of August talking about the, the most hot topic hashtag from last week was the hashtag combat wheelchair. Combat wheelchair. Is, is the current events topic. Now, I'm sure anybody listening who is on the internet has seen this come and go. Um, oh, well, gosh, I should look up the, I should pull up the name of the person who created it. Oh, well, conveniently, I am actually right in the document that you sent me. It should be oh, in fantastic. there. Um, Please do. Let's, let's see. Should, maybe the individual did not put their name on any of this stuff. Well, I can do the Twitter handle. Uh, Sarah Thompson. Does that sound right? That sounds right. Mustangs Art? Yes. 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 There you go. That, uh, it was a very... Uh, the dislocating GM at Mustangs Art created the uh, hashtag combat wheelchair yeah which was uh you know a a hot topic you and i have not only created many of our own items but we have talked about on the show items that we find on dnd beyond and you know they're all homebrewed and for the most part silly um yep. and absurd but but for some reason, I, I can't, I just, I think that this small issue is just so perfect as an analogy for just the world today and what is happening in the world today. It's not that anybody really cares if somebody uses a combat wheelchair in their game. Shit, it, I use the deck of many things, which in my opinion is so much worse than a combat wheelchair that can't get knocked prone and can go upstairs and shit. Who gives a shit? So what? Whatever. It's not hurting anybody. Don't use it if you don't like it. Literally not hurting anybody. But for some reason, people are like, well, now all of my players are going to want to use the wheelchair for their own purposes. And it's like... There was a lot of people who got very upset at the notion of, there can't be a wheelchair in the D&D &D world, or, oh, it's, it's overpowered somehow. Um, and those people were pretty stupid. I'm just going to put that out there yes. um, right now. There's... there's uh, we have a there's a document again you can go to at Mustang's Art on uh, her pinned tweet under Twitter gives you all the stats and whatnot, FAQ and blah 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 about the combat wheelchair. I'm not gonna we're not gonna necessarily go into the details. But because why are we not going into the details? I want this to be known. I mean it doesn't matter. It does matter. I'm go ahead. Salty. Why are you saying? Because she didn't want to come on the show. Oh no, I'm not gonna worry about it. she didn't she didn't reject coming on the show. She she put it out there that she would go on shows and just didn't reply. Whatever. She probably <laughs> it got a hurt lot of feelings. Um but she she's put I mean, I guess I should, am I supposed to be saying she did she have her? Yep, she um she put in there a FAQ like 
isn't the wheelchair overpowered because you can't, you know, it, it levitates and stuff? It's like, no, you're giving it, in theory, to a character who's disabled. So it just enables them to act like everybody else. Yeah. So it's not... if you, Yeah, if, I, if I'm a, a regular... Not a regular. If I'm a non-disabled character who... Able-bodied? Yeah, who uses this, then sure, it's not meant for me, so I'm using it in a way that makes me a little more powerful. But my whole thinking was, why is it a big fucking deal? The only person who decides whether or not you can use this, only two people, is you and your dungeon master. It's like, hey, man, I, in real life, am in a wheelchair. I would love my character could do this. Can I do that? Sure. Next question. That's the end of the conversation. Like, literal magic items exist. Why can't a fucking wheelchair? Like... The, The artificer has guns. Yeah. Has a turret. The and artific- people were making the argument you can't have a freaking chair with wheels on it. We're going to get into this most likely in the second half of the show, but a new artificer subclass is coming out that gives you full body armor that can fly and shit like Iron Man. And a mech suit. Yeah. And and people were out there on like death threatening this woman because of her combat wheelchair. I honestly wish I could create something that would get people that mad. I, I think about that. Like, you, nobody you, gives a shit what I make. Nobody cares. You've done something so significant, and it didn't even feel that significant at the time, probably, that you upset a bunch of, uh, you know, snowflakes on Twitter. Does that feel good or bad? Part of you is probably like, haha, losers. But other parts are probably like, oh my God, I can't believe they're actually threatening to blow up my house. I have the power. You have, you have such a sense of power. So, my whole thing about the combat wheelchair was it. It provided a lot of abilities for a disabled or or um, whatever. I don't know what like I don't know who is this point handicapped. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, player to to access a dungeon as that character because the the logic being, and we kind of briefly mentioned this last season. I think the logic being, if you live in a world that has monsters, there would probably be a significant number of people who lost a leg or mm-hmm. were disabled in some other way like that just that's probably going to happen so it makes sense that somebody at some point would make a wheelchair and then some i'm going to say gnome probably like why don't we put guns on this freaking wheelchair and make it fly oh. like of course yeah. uh and then you get people on the internet who's like well you can't fit through doors it's like well doors in D D are five feet wide so no problem right no there. problem at all <laughs> no problem at all uh i just kind of it was just kind of a fascinating little flashpoint on the internet in the last week yes combat wheelchair and i a lot of it the issues came up because famous people liked it and so because famous people liked it that drew attention to it from people that just want to be argumentative yes but as we know being famous does not make you immune from death threats or hate on the internet no Uh, i think whenever the last of us 2 came out that was over the summer right laura bailey herself and her children getting death threats because she voiced a character people didn't like. Did we? I don't know if we talked about that or not, but that was No, that was after the show, after the show wrapped. Utterly absurd. Absurd is the word. What the fuck is... I think another issue with everyone being inside is that even more people have even more time to do even more stupid shit. Yes. Yes. Definitely, definitely that. Um, I don't want to spend too much on time in the wheelchair because we had a couple other things in the first segment we wanted to talk about, though. Um, which one did you want to do next? Uh, rhyme of the Frost Maiden, I think. Rhyme, rhyme of the Lady of Frost. Yeah, yeah. Because we, we briefly we, talked about D and D live. We 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 talked about the experience. Well, I talked about the experience watching that. Um, 
And in it, they previewed Rime of the Frost Maiden. They didn't do a very good job. Um, well, you know, uh, they, you know, wanted to have celebrities do fun things, and they did. And the celebrities tried, and it happened. Um, but there's a lot more to Icewind Dale itself. Uh, I don't want to get into it too much because we can always talk about it during our. When it comes out. Yeah, during during it, when it comes out. Um, but. The important thing to note is that just like we were talking about how it's really fucking hard to make a dark, depressing world, that's truly what this book is going to be. Icewind Dale is not a happy place. Icewind Dale is it, it is in it already exists in the campaign setting. Like it's there. Uh, we visited it. I think in a video game of of the same yes. name, Icewind Dale. Drizzt Doerden, I think, goes through there in some um, R.A. Absolutely books. Um, so it's there, but it's always a bleak place. That's it's it's positioned like that in the very beginning of the adventure as it's like the last place people go, mm -hmm. like when they want to get away from shit or looking for something really hard to do or just trying to hide. This they go to Icewind Dale. It's like not Happy Canada. It's not Happy Canada, and it's perfect setting for what's essentially Dark Frozen. Right? Is the criticism that's leveled at it? It's like, did you just take Frozen and make it angry? So that um, I know that uh, Chris Perkins said when he was working with this and working with his group on this, he references uh, the thing, the movie, the thing a lot. Yes. There's a lot of winter um, horror inspiration. Exactly. Um, you know, there's going to be some, a, a lot of new monsters that do some really freaky, crazy shit. Um, the campaign itself, if you're running the book as a campaign goes from level one to level 12, which is pretty cool. Uh, so there's going to be obviously a lot of shit that levels you up. Leading up to the at the end, the Frost Maiden, who's the big bad. Um, which the, the another criticism that's been leveled at it is the Frost Maiden herself is kind of reductive as a female character because she has three forms. Um, which is one is essentially like an egg, one is like a, a maiden young woman, and one is an old crone. It's like, okay, your powerful female character only exists as like a princess or an old hag or a reproductive system. Like, okay, that's not great. Um, I haven't played through it yet, so I don't know if those are, are fairly fairly leveled criticisms mm -hmm. but that her stat blocks were released and her three forms are you know they're pretty um um basic in terms of what they represent as part of a a female character but who knows i really venture maybe she's got all this great depth in in story and is super awesome to play so we'll see when it comes out in you know a couple weeks here we're almost yes. there yes honestly my favorite thing actually i think it's next week isn't it like the fourth or some shit it's early september yeah um but uh, the thing that I'm probably the most excited about slash dreading the most is the idea that there's going to be a campaign setting that really, really, really makes you fight with the elements themselves. Which is, you know, I don't know what they're going to do separate because usually boring. Usually that's something boring. See, I, I, I like that. I don't like the idea of like if I'm marching in very cold weather i have to roll every minute to see if i die and shit like that that really that's that, that's just really excessive cold. but but just the idea of like maybe maybe if you do this or step here there's an avalanche or you tumble down a hill and you know roll into this chasm and you start freezing and how do you get out of it and shit i don't know it's, i think it'd be fun yeah it, it offers a lot of flavor opportunities and i love those things because when as the dm when you're describing them um if you do it well your players can really tell where you are but it usually is not beneficial to have those like repeated 
just a check. If it's cold, you do like once an hour exhaustion. If it's really fucking cold, you do like once a minute exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be really grindy and awful, especially when it's like, well, I literally didn't come prepared, so I'm going to die. So it's just like a, a really underwhelming for your character, underwhelming way for your character to die. Um, so I hope that they've done some more interesting things with the combat against the weather and the elements. Yes, I completely and utterly agree. Um, okay, after Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, do we, uh, I was going to the next event. I was going to say should it's a perfect the, lead the into thing. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So what's happening? Um, what's what's new in the world of online Dungeons and Dragons? As most of you know, obviously we've talked about D and D Live, which happened back in June. I think it was the beginning of June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and that was all celebrities playing games and previewing information. Well, now the D&D celebration of 2020 is coming up, which is for the fans. So September 18th to 20th, uh, there will be online information and an epic game. Tyler, well, do you know what an epic is? Well, there's there's regular games that you can do. Yeah. All Which are supposed to be all Rhyme of the Frostbait and eventually whatever. Yeah. Um, but you can be part of an epic game which connects you to other players' games essentially, right? Yes. So essentially there's gonna be about they, they're saying anywhere from a few hundred to a few thousand players playing in an interconnected world all at the same time. And how I didn't I didn't get a chance to go through the article you sent me. How will it affect each other? That they don't go into because I don't think they want to give away that kind of information. Um but uh what I'm guessing uh, is that, you know, in Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, there are the, what is it, 10 towns? Is that, that's what it, I think is what it's called. Uh, and so I'm sure each, you know, there will be groups of 10 games and each game will take place in a different town. And whatever one town does may affect what happens in the next game for the next town and so on and so forth. Because you can, um, you can register for the uh, Adventures League sessions through this. You, you're going to um, play? No. I want to play. Go for it. And, it's it actually costs a couple bucks, like five or ten bucks. The money goes towards charity, extra life, or children's yep. miracle network hospitals. But the the best part, and I think the reason the reason they're gonna get a lot of players is um the DMs are provided. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to sign up to be a DM or a player. You can sign up to play Dungeons and Dragons uh online. Um currently if you go to the event portal, it's not like like you can pre-register, I think um to, to be part of it what happens if they pre-register what's it even bring okay up? so here while you're looking that up this is actually a great uh definition of what to expect as released by uh, D&D. Uh, D&D epics are exciting multi-table events where participants cooperate in a mass raid of truly epic proportions as every table works towards the same goal Individual tables act as squads that might take on different tasks, possibly affecting other tables or unlocking side quests needed to progress the event. Huh. So to take part in the epic, it's ten dollars. Uh, I think basic play is five. Dude, um, I'm looking at day one mm-hmm. of this. So many tables are sold out already. I believe it. So many fucking tables are sold out. I wholeheartedly believe it. Like, holy shit. Yeah, I'm gonna try to get in a game. There's there's a lot of fucking tables though. First of all, there's still plenty of room for people. It depends on what platform you want to do, like Zoom or Roll Twenty or whatever. There's a, there's 199 tables you can play at. It looks like, um, and I would say easily between a third and a half of those are sold out, and we're we're still three weeks away. Dig it. 
That's kind of insane, actually. But I'm glad that they're doing different formats. They're doing Discord and Roll20 and Zoom. And what's the other one I saw? I saw another one. I, I scrolled right past it. Whatever, I saw another one. I can't, I can't figure out where it was. I'll be doing Roll20. Oh, it was, it, was, it was Discord in Spanish is what I saw. Yeah. Um, but that's really cool. Discord. Oh, no, Fantasy Grounds. There we go, Fantasy Grounds. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, but it's going to be kind of cool. I, I I like the notion that you're working together towards a shared goal. Um, games that pull that off really make you feel like you're part of something big. You mm -hmm. know, back in back in the day, over a decade ago, World of Warcraft used to have those things where you had to work together across you know thousands of people to achieve one one goal that then everybody benefited from. You know, and like those kinds of things are really 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 fun. So yes. this is just going to be a cool live play event where it's Rhyme of the Frost Maiden um, that a lot of people get to play all at once. Yes, completely agree. I think it'll be fun, and like I said, I think I'm going to take part. Maybe some of the of our uh, normal crew will play, and maybe we can get you a can, table. Uh, be a reporter, and you can report back on what yeah. the event. Yeah, I, I think it'll be fun. I, I do. I think it'll be fun too, and just kind of unique, probably event um, to take part. Yeah. Of. What do you think? Does it say how long the sessions are supposed to be? Yes, they are levels one to f two hour adventures for level one to four. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so it's two, not like it's a great deal of time. Two hours for five to ten bucks, where you don't, where you get to play with uh, other people, and there's other things that happen. Um, you can uh, also listen to some luminaries talk about stuff. Probably some All content right. reveals. You got to make a level one Adventures League character that you're going to play with a bunch of randos. You have no idea what they're going to do. What do you make? A rogue, a halfling rogue. There it is. <laughs> I'm done. Thank you. There, Next. there it is. There it is. You can never go wrong. Uh, all right. So we have a the, the most important piece of current events news. I know we didn't really go deep dive into all that stuff. We have the most important piece of current events news to talk about in the second half of the show today. Something about a cauldron. Something. Something about Some, it. Something about cooking. I laughed when I read it. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we'll be right back with that. back oh shit when did that happen why'd you laugh it's tasha oh it, tasha's college of everything her one spell that she has right now is the hideous laughter but she gets two more she's got two more coming she's got two more coming and that's and an entire fucking book so uh, uh yes that is that is the thing there is a, another core rule book very much in the vein of xanthar's guide to everything that is coming out uh eventually uh, i think what did it say november yeah this year at some point. yeah i think it's got a november release so not far off no and everybody's very excited for a lot of reasons it's not an adventure it's not some bs it's got stuff that we want yes it. yes this is gonna be I, we, we've been calling for a php2 for a long time that's what this feels like to me it does it really does but you know it's not gonna have in it a revised ranger? Correct. It will not have a <laughs> You don't have proof of that. I, I was I, I, I might as well have fucking proof of that. I was it, going okay? to save this for later. I was going to save this for later, but you have no proof of that. One. Two, if I'm not mistaken, they're reprinting the artificer in this book. Artificer. So that gives plenty of opportunity for them to fix the ranger in this one. All right. So I'm going to talk about two two points where that's related. Um the the artificer, for example, is only in here, um, really, 
for the the PHP plus one rules. Can we just stop for a hot second and just talk about that and how much I hate it? Nope. Like Uh, I didn't mind it for a while. We'll get yeah, fine, whatever. We'll 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 we'll, you know what? That's a different segment. We'll go all along because I've got a rant. Go ahead. And the reason that we're not getting a revised ranger is we're getting subclasses. We're getting a lot of subclasses. We're getting a lot of subclasses. So what you're gonna get are subclasses for the ranger for the shitty ass ranger, and you also get the new primeval animal companions for Which is cool. the ranger. Which is but cool. you don't get a new ranger. I have all the evidence of you're going to get new. You're going to get a new coat of paint on the turd that is the ranger. There's no way they can just let it go. They they they, they have to, they can't they can't they have to fix it. They it's going to ride. It's going to ride. Just imagine being able to, like, if you said, you know what, I don't need the PHB. I'm going to use Xanthar's and Tasha's as my two books. Fuck the PHB. I'm going to make an artificer, and it's going to be badass. Are there any races in Tasha's? I'm going to use Tasha's and Volos. Yeah. So there's a couple of things. I mean, there's way more than a couple of things. Obviously, we don't have the book yet. So it's a lot of speculation. But we can talk about the... I'm just going to list, like, the six things that are on the description of it, right? Go ahead. Standard subclasses. Mm-hmm. Character options, mm-hmm. group patrons, mm-hmm. spells, magic items, artifacts, and magic tattoos. Yep. Um, rules options including sidekicks, supernatural environments, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and puzzles. Yes. That's the main listing of stuff. So there are a few of those things that are confirmed that D D as a company is releasing through big of big D D influencers out there. That is their um, strategy with this book. Which I don't mind. Uh, I'm annoyed that I'm not one of those people, but it's fine. Oh, yeah. Um, by the way, this episode is brought to you. But I'm just kidding. We don't have sponsors. No, we don't have sponsors. Um, but uh, I've seen the confirmed subclasses are the Genie Patron for the Warlock. That's one. The College of Creation for the Bard. Yes. The Armorer for the Artificer. Artificer, yes. And uh, the Psionic Sorcerer. Kill me. Right? I also do believe that I saw confirmed there is a revised... Um, Blade Singer. Uh, there. I don't think they're revising it. They're reprinting the Blade Singer, the Circle Spores Druid, the College of Eloquence for the Bard, the Oath of Glory for the Paladin, and the Order Domain for the Cleric. Right. I think they're getting maybe some rules clarifications on those. that. That may be true. That that may be true. Um. Yeah, but I think the one that you listed, I just do not care about. They they're confirming how psionics work in this book. It's a it's a slippery slope. Right. This is everything up to this point hasn't really had psionics in it. This is it. This is where you're going to see the first, the real implementation of how it works. But with this, and I actually, the reason that I don't mind it as much as I normally do is because if you look historically at anything that any D&D system, regardless of the owner, has ever done, as soon as psionics comes into the game, we get a new edition. Next edition. <laughs> next edition. Within usually a year and a half, you will have a new edition once Psionics hits the game. I don't know. I feel like they really hit their stride right now. They're doing a great job. And uh, I don't think they have any... We've talked about this before. I don't think they have any motivation to do that. Which Again, we can talk about it again as we, yeah. as we move forward. But um, let's just sort of touch base on a couple things here. Expanded subclasses. What, 22 subclasses? 22. That- and uh, they are confirmed that they are all going to be former Unearthed Arcana. No brand new... Uh, subclasses which makes sense because like you refined the unearthed arcana ones so why not have those 20 subclasses. The shit out of them. that's a yeah. lot 
Uh, yes. Especially that's two per class effectively. Exactly. Right. Which is that's good. That gives you so many options if this is your plus one book. So many fucking options. And I like, would really like to see good options for, I would really see, like for Druid and for Wizard. I really like to see some good options because I don't mm-hmm. feel like Wizard, as much as Wizard has a lot of options, none of them are like super great, super fun. Um, but I'd really, 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 really like to see something new and different for a rogue. I was going to say, because uh, I actually, um, I like the Inquisitive Rogue as a non-PHB rogue. Um, but I hope I'm hoping that they make a truly interesting fighter. Fighters are very basic and their subclasses are very basic, very straightforward. I would like a much more complex and interesting fighter. I don't know, I don't know, I don't really know any of the Unearthed Arcana subclass they put out that said that to me, but that's what I'm hoping for. The psionic fighter could be in here. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, that's my other thing is which one of these subclasses are wasted as psionics? The soul knife. The rogue, yeah, this is a soul knife, right? The rogue, yeah. the sorcerer, um, the the the. You can't fighter, be a probably. wizard, psionic. Period. Period. Fuck you. Fuck uh, you, game. I mean, I don't know. More character options, um, feats. Yes, um, and this is the big thing. Go. Uh, character origins let you modify racial stats just before you get into this because this is going to be a big thing for us because i feel like we're about to talk about this do you want okay the last the feet thing on the feet thing uh they have confirmed the only feat they've confirmed is spell versatility for sorcerers bards and warlocks allowing you to change your spell on what a long rest yeah just like any other spell casting class in one spell i don't i think it's i don't know maybe it is maybe it's not but uh I pissed and moaned about that when they first tried to bring it up. Uh, I'll piss and moan about it again, but it's fine. Whatever. It's not the biggest deal in this book. It's change out one spell on a long rest as opposed to level up. Yeah. It's not a big deal. It's a big deal. Okay. There's, uh, I, yeah. There's I a think, difference um, between somebody learning something and something being natural to somebody. If something is natural to somebody, they're not actively trying to change it up once a fucking long rest. Anyway, the relevant. Let's get into well, the. Well, it makes sense for the warlock because your patron could just be giving you something new. The sorcerer doesn't really make sense. But does, well, see, with that, I would say that most of the interesting spells that warlocks get come from their invocations, not from their spell list. Yeah, but that's the that's the point. Is it represents kind of a fluidity, and it and it can be argued that your patron is is not is changing your access basically. Like there's a logical, there's a logical argument to the changes. Um, How big of a magic tattoo are you going to get? I fuck it. Okay. We'll get to the racial character shit in a minute. Fuck magic tattoos. Okay. It's fun. It's so it's, stupid. Oh, don't be that person. I am. I have tattoos. You have a tattoo. Yeah. yeah. I'm totally all about tattoos, but I fucking hate every time since third edition when they implement the, the tattooed sorcerer or whatever. It's like, fuck you. Okay. The no, red monks it's of so play. dumb. It's just people who want to be like super edgy. I want my snake tattoo to wrap around my neck and then go up my face and spew fire. Oh. Fuck you, okay? You fucking losers. No, it's not that big a deal. Listen it's not, to us. But it's stupid. Listen to us piss and moan about the simple things in life. Exactly. That's what this show is for. I just, I'm a, I don't like it, especially, especially because the rules are 
you know, small, medium, large, whatever, uh-huh. legendary. Yeah. Legendary being it takes up like full back, chest, and arms yeah. or something like that. But one of them, the one before legendary, is like, oh, it could be a back beast. Then it's just covered, and you don't even like have to deal with like the stigma of like whatever it is. You know, if I walk into a town and I have a scalp tattoo, people get to look at me and go, oh, God, that guy could be dangerous. But if I get to walk into town and have my tattoo hidden, then I'm already like subverting the rule system that's been put into place. It's in your blood at that point, baby. That's what it's all about. I just, I don't like it. I think it's, I think it's trying to be cool and it's not cool. My issue with it is it feels like giving somebody a feat without them actually working for it. Yes. Yes. I mean, I can't, I will see the actual rules of presentation when it gets there, but inevitably it's going to be a thing. It's probably going to be like a feat type thing. Yeah. Yeah, you'll gain skill um, in something. You'll it's, gain it's, a bonus to be a permanent attribute. Bonus. Yeah, yeah. As tattoos are permanent. As tat, what? Can you? We'll, we'll we'll find this out soon enough. But I wonder if you could dispel magic on the magic tattoo. Well, if I polymorph just, you and you no longer have the tattoo, do you get its bonuses? Well, yeah. I mean, that's of course. Why? Because it's in your blood, baby. But your stats are replaced by the stats of the creature. Yeah, plus the two that I'm going to get for my back piece. Anyways, I fucking hate the tattoos. the The four artifacts I saw um, looked kind of underwhelming, but yeah, I didn't get. I, I don't see all the stats of them. I wasn't that worried about them. I so mean, not, artifacts, artifacts are meant to be artifacts. You're not meant to get them in every game, so I'm not that worried about. They still rarely it. come into play. It can't possibly be a big deal. Um, in the 15, 16 years I've been doing this, I've seen the Book of Exalted Deeds once in game. Yes, but so, you've, you've dealt with dragon orbs. Yeah, exactly. What I'm saying is, maybe and the once hand and eye of Vecna. Maybe once in a campaign, you'll experience an artifact. Once, if you get to a high enough level. I'm gonna introduce an artifact soon in our campaign. Go ahead. And everybody dies. Um, magic tattoos are bullshit. Artifacts are fine. We don't know about the spells yet. Let's uh, talk about the You want to spend the next shit. to last the rest of the time, you know, not even 10 I have minutes. a I have a feeling that this is going to take up the rest of the time, maybe okay. a little bit okay. into the next time. More character options. Customize your character's origin using straightforward rules for modifying a character's racial traits. Okay. Okay. So, the the summary being, you, there are going to be rules where you can take the bonuses you'd get as say a dwarf and apply them somewhere else because you have some sort of regional benefit. Yeah, it's not even that, like I, I what I want to see and what I'm very interested in is how hard they make you work to change up racial traits and abilities and things. Literally, and I don't think them. they're gonna make you. I don't think they're gonna make you work at all. Not gonna make you. It's, it's using straightforward rules. The the point and Crawford said this. The point is to essentially remove the barrier of this race is normally this class. Yes, because they their solution to the whole argument of this is racist and whether or not it is separate conversation um, was to say, okay, fine, do whatever you want. Anybody can do anything, which is a defensible position to take. Do whatever you want. It's Dungeons and Dragons. We should have been doing whatever we wanted from the beginning. That doesn't make this the correct solution. Again, we do not have the rules of implementation yet, but I'm with you. This shouldn't just be a, Oh well, you know what? I'm gonna make my kobold, which is a tiny, tiny little thing, and get he gets bonuses to strength and constitution now. Yep. 
I sh- I Beef that, me, I shouldn't really be able to do that without some sort of cost, mm-hmm. right? Or, uh, you know, here's my lizard folk. You know, th- those those are the really one of the closest things to a non-humanoid monster race that you can play. They eat people and are like super serious. Not mine. Mine's got that int charisma boost. Mine's got that int charisma boost, baby. Like, uh, aren't you? Aren't you compromising the flavor of different playable races mm-hmm. by making every race do whatever they want? It, it, it makes it so that you could always be anything you wanted to be with any race. We've talked about this so many times. Correct. There was so nothing you, stopping you. We've talked about making the badass kobold barbarian that lives to be 12. Correct. There was, I mean, there's not, again, kobolds can live to be like 150. Yeah. Um, ours is going to be nothing, our barbarian that lived to 12. There's nothing stopping you. There was nothing stopping you, even with the, the like two races that got negatives in Volos. Just because it wasn't min max to perfection doesn't mean it was stopping you. And people got very upset uh, about you know strong equivalence between real life races and fantasy races. And the the answer to that was this was fine. Everybody's the same. Yes. And I I'm not I'm not gonna you know pontificate about who should get what bonus or whatever in terms of racial stats, but everybody's not the same. Yes. That's what it comes down to. Yes. In, in D&D. They're distinct. Gnomes are not half-orcs. Goliath exactly. are not halflings. Yes. Elves are not dwarves. Mm-hmm. So, well, maybe you don't know that because now there may be six-foot gnomes roaming the world. The, oh, my God. Do you know how you ever like, see those, those old... Not old, but like scientific discoveries. Like there used to be rhinoceros-sized guinea pigs on planet Earth. You ever see yeah. that stuff? Or like yeah. seven-foot-tall penguins? Oh, of course. Fossils discovered in your D and D world. There used to be eight-foot-tall gnomes. Yeah, exactly. So now they are there. Could see that's the thing. I don't know how this whole system is going to work, and yeah. whether or not they'll just say, "Okay, be." It'll kind of be like an a la carte thing. Like pick your race. All right, pick which stats you'd like to have boost to, plus two, plus one on whatever you want. All right, would you like dark vision? Would you like flight? Would you like a swim speed? Oh my god, I didn't even think about dark vision. Like, I are mean, you yeah. gonna walk up? Are you gonna walk up in here? I'm like, okay, humans, you can have dark vision now. Yeah, who doesn't have dark vision now? Is there okay. a single? Again, okay, goblins, you have amphibious feature. Good. Well, in all fairness, there are like sea goblins, but that's not here. Anyway, um. I find Goliath, you have amphibious feature. <laughs> that yes, that one's that. that centaurs. One's that. Centaurs have a swim speed, suck it. Centaurs have a fly speed too. Centaur that, that's that's like a unicorn kind of thing. A Pegasi centaur. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, ha- there you thing? go. That should be a thing. It should be a thing. Is that a thing? It's not a thing. Because I don't know I how centaurs are centaur. made initially. I mean, it's if not I just, just Google it, human and horses fucking. But I don't know how. I don't know the history of centaurs, so I don't know. It actually know. looks kind of disturbing when you see it. Nope, don't look. Nope, nope, like, nope, nope, uh, nope. You know, it's like, where do the wings go? How big are the wings? Do they go on the person? Do they go on the horse? Like, it's really kind of upsetting. Nope, 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 nope. Not looking at that. Yeah, I actually would advise against Googling Pegasus centaur because um, they're not they're not great. Not pretty, not pretty. Um, but so my, I, I'm not against it. I'm just not for it without more knowledge. That and no matter what happens, if you're going to alter 
the system that is in place, I feel like as a player character, you should have to explain yourself. Like, I'm all for it. I'm all for the idea of anyone being able to do anything, but give me that badass backstory that explains to me how your dwarf suddenly got so dexterous that it is unstoppable in the underground world. What's uh, the dwarf in Dragon Age who has Bianca? Uh, fuck. Varric. Varric. That guy. Yeah. Super dexterous, super charismatic. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. How, and his story is, is kind of vague for a lot of it, but it's compelling because you're like, how? Where did you come from? Do you know how he got the dex charisma boost? No. He sold his beard to the devil. Is that true? No. Oh. But he does, he's the only dwarf in history that doesn't have a beard, so it makes sense. Right. That could be so cool. So, yeah, there should be some sort of... I have no well, idea what it would be. Like, there you go. To, to maintain your charisma boost, you have to have a clean-shaven face because you look better that way. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. This, this is going to be... This better be a huge... Honestly, they, they said the um, the biggest section of the book is the DM section of the book, um, which is like the rules, options, the puzzles, the, the the artifacts and stuff. But this better be a huge fucking section of this I book. literally want like 30 pages on how this is going to work. Yes. Because otherwise, if it's just a plain old... Do whatever you You want. can pick a race, you get to use three points increase yeah. wherever you want them. Then it's then it kind of it takes away what makes the characters the characters, mm-hmm. which it which, which has been a long and I'm, I don't want to I don't want to be just a guy who's like it's always been this way, but that that's not my point. My point is like they're unique for a reason, you know. And it's the idea. So making characters that we've talked about before go into the stereotype can be fun, can yeah. be good, and making characters that go against it are even more fun sometimes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know that that's that. When, then you could you know, have a more challenging thing to do. When I walk into the library and I see the eight foot tall Goliath librarian, I'm like, "How the fuck did that happen?" I want to get to know that NPC. Right. There's no reason that your Goliath can't start with a 16 intelligence. Yeah. It just also has a 12 strength. Yeah. So, obviously, we have thoughts and passions and feelings and concern about it. I just don't want it to be a situation where there's nothing in a game where there's such creativity and personalization in every character. I just feel like this is leading to the point where everybody is everything. And there's just, so, uh, it just makes Brown. The it second time that, today, that I'm going to bring up world of Warcraft. Cause this, this is what happens to any game. If you give it long enough uh, classes, there's, you know, there's like 10 classes in wow. And they all, they start unique with different functions this one's a DPS, this one's a tank, this one's a healer, or this one can be also a healer. Like they're, they're distinct in their roles. And in the, and, in the, and in the pursuit of fairness, you end up making everyone capable of everything mm-hmm. and destroying the identity of what this thing was. Yeah. So if, if these rule changes, again, we haven't seen them. If these rule changes are sacrificing the identity of quintessential things mm-hmm. in pursuit of fairness, they better do it a really, really well. Yes. 100% agree. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's about 10 minutes. We're very right, pro equality. I'm pro We've fairness. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm against, like you said, the, the, the fucking leveling of all these things. So they're the same. Yes. 
What's the variety is the spice of life, my friends. Be interesting. May you live in interesting times. Just kidding. I'm sick of hearing that because I'm in interesting times and it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I could go back to some like, you know, boring weekends where I just go out to a bar for a couple drinks and go home. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, um, welcome back, everybody. It's been it's been a while. We don't have any sponsors. Nope. Not, and nothing has changed. Make sure to subscribe and rate the show wherever you found it. Follow us on Twitter. I am active on Twitter. I just hate it. Feel free to send us topics at rdbdpodcast.gmail.com. Um, at Onslaught6 sent me some character sheets to look at. I want to talk about Ooh. those eventually. Just like design. It's Ooh, so funny. Bring up. I replied oh. to his tweet just um, that the one thing that jumped out at me, he just, the only section for currency is gold. <laughs> we yeah we talk about that <laughs> nothing else yep um and uh i think as always people we will we're back we'll see you next time until then Goodbye.